0: Well, hey, today... We've got a very exciting sermon time because we've got Reverend Joseph Beatton, who is here in America from Jamaica, serving in Minnesota right now, and he is going to come and share a message with us. Pastor Gary, we call him Pastor Gary, it's our affectionate name. He is someone that I met over in Jamaica at the New Vision Children's Home. We've done work with them for years and years, and it is a blessing to me and my pleasure to introduce Pastor Gary to you and uh, have him come and share the word with us today. Good day, everyone. It's indeed a pleasure to be here and to be sharing God's word in this awesome, exciting time. And uh, I want to just thank God for all that he's doing in our lives. I consider today to be a beautiful day. It is indeed a gift from God. I consider it like a blank page. In the book of my life. And on this page I am writing. And today I write by whatever I do, whatever I say, and even by what I think. And whatever I write on this page today will not only be for time, but it will be for eternity. It's good to be with you. Let us pray. Our Father, once again we thank you for your presence that's with us. We thank you for the power of your word. We thank you indeed, Lord, for the written word that tells us about the living word, Jesus Christ, your son. And so as we come this time to study your word together, we pray that you will guide our hearts, help us to hear your voice, and give us responsive hearts. We thank you, Lord, for all your blessings, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So today, I want to share with you a message from God's word, and the title is, Standing firm in uncertain times. And oh boy, aren't we going through uncertain times? Today you might be feeling a bit down and you're wondering, how can I really stand firm and be strong in this time? Around us are broken dreams, broken hopes, broken health, broken pockets, broken relationships, and broken hearts. How do we stand and search for the ideal life in this time when we are getting so much of what I would refer to as the real life? And the real life, many times, is diametrically opposed to what we would really want as our ideal life. Today, we look around us and we are thinking, well, there are so many negative things. Maybe you are thinking today, I'm being attacked. Maybe things are not going well for me. What is it that I'm going to do? Of course, it does not take much for us to see some of our realities as it relates to the wildfires out there in the West. It is said there are 100, over 100 wildfires that are burning right now. Over there in states like California, uh, Louisiana, and other places that are being affected. When we look at the hurricanes and the, the effect of, what, what, of all of that on our society today, we think of the reality that at one point we had five uh, cyclones going on in the Atlantic Ocean. People are being affected by it. Places like Texas, Florida, North Carolina, Louisiana, and believe it or not, New Jersey and New York, they also have been affected. So up to this point, it is reported that we have five active hurricanes in the Atlantic Ocean. And think about that they have actually gone through the English alphabet and now they are on the Greek alphabet and we have gone through Alpha and now at Beta. It is interesting to note that Places like Pensacola, Florida, Texas, North Carolina, and other places in the United States are being affected, including New Jersey and New York. We are living in some very trying times. The global pandemic has been affecting us. And as it is said, globally, 29.9 million people worldwide is affected. And it is recorded that we have over 942,000 deaths. In the United States alone, there are over 200,000 dead. And it is projected that by the end of this year, we might double that figure. So these are very trying times. When we think of the instabilities that are happening around us, the suicide rate that is said is now 8,000 people per year. There are floods, financial Breakouts are, are, you know, breakdown and many families are struggling financially. Many people are out of work around the world, and as a result, the poverty rate is growing. Parents are worrying, what will be the effect of the lockdown of their children for over six months? How will this affect them psychologically and emotionally? So these are very trying times. Many are suddenly thrown, parents are thrown into a situation of homeschooling that many were not prepared for. And this alone is bringing discomfort to both parents and children. The unrest and violence that we see in our cities, political incivility, which results in bitterness and in sometimes hatred. And we are wondering, are we at a civil war? How will this affect our upcoming election as Americans? Will we return to be that loving, cordial society that we have been? And you're asking the question, maybe, how did we get here? As we have mentioned all of these, there are environmental changes that are affecting us. But, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about the last days. And I want us to turn to the book of St. Matthew, chapter 24, and Jesus has some things to say there about the, the times that we are living in. In St. Matthew 24, starting with verse 4, it says, And Jesus answered and said to them, See to it that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many. You will hear of wars and rumors of war. See that you are not frightened, for those things must take place, but that is not the end. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. In various places, there will be famines and earthquakes. But all these things are merely the beginning of sorrows. We also notice that Paul, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, speaks of these last days. And this is what he says, 2 Timothy 3, starting with verse 1. He says, but realize this, that in the last days different difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boasters, arrogant, revelers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious, gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, Treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Holding to form a form of godliness, although they have denied the power and avoid such of these men. So we see here that the Bible gives us a description of some of these things that we are seeing today. We are going through some tough times. As I said earlier, we are going through tremendous trials Maybe you're feeling them in a personal way. The Holy Spirit is going to do a tremendous work too. And we need to bear that in mind. I believe there will be marvelous changes in our homes, in our communities, and in our world. We are going to stay positive because we know what the book says. The Bible says we win. And I want to speak to us today about how to win because I Hear the words of Vincent Boham, who says, we will fight and we will win. We speak victory to every trial we are in. We are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb. No longer defeated, we are winners. We are winners. We always win. We always win. No matter what may come our way, we always win. Then there's the words of the old hymn that says, On the victory side, on the victory side, no foe can daunt me. No fear can haunt me. On the victory side, on the victory side, on the victory side, with Christ within, the fight we win. I say, today we will be looking at how to stand firm and how to win in these troubled times. What does it mean to stand firm? It means to remain steadfast and fortified, spiritually, emotionally, and physically, even in the toughest of times. So let us think about what we are saying in essence. And I want to give you today what I consider to be a walkaway statement. What is it that we really should get out of today's message? God gives us what it takes to stand firm in, in this time and to remain hopeful and positive and indeed to continue to make a difference in our world. Many of us, we have been watching the media, social media, maybe the television, and we are seeing all the negative ne- news. Today, I want to encourage you to take some time to look a little away from Facebook and let us look into God's book. Because indeed, the answers are there. And with that, I want to direct your attention to Ephesians chapter 6. And I want to read some of this for you because God's book brings hope. It brings life. So Ephesians chapter 6. And let us go down to verse 10. And this will be our focus for the remainder of today. Here is what it says. Finally, be strong in the Lord. And in the strength of his might, put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world of of forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God, so that you will be able to resist the evil day. And having done all to stand firm. Stand firm therefore having gird your loins with truth. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all taking up the shield of faith. Which, is, which will be able to extinguish all the flaming horrors of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayers and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all saints. So there we have the word of God giving us directions as to how to face these difficult times. The book of Ephesians was written to a group of people who had great spiritual riches and potential in God. But for some reason, they lost sight of that. And now the apostle was reminding them of who they were and what they have. Paul the author starts the final chapter by focusing and maintaining relationships, including relationships with parents and children, servants and masters, and so on. He then seeks to summarize by giving practical steps in order to stand firm and experience spiritual riches, even in tough time. He speaks of the source of our strength in verse 10, where he says Jesus Christ is the real source and the object of our strength. Here is what he says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. It is important for us to know that this shows the source, that the source of our strength is Jesus. That no human being or man-made ingenuity can give us what we really need in this time. God made all provisions for us that we will be, we'll be able to stand and to be strong throughout life, regardless of what it throws us. And I don't know, it throws us some tough things at times, as I said before. May, may, to maintain healthy relationships, and that's important to God. And indeed, to make a positive difference in our world. This is why we find the words in Second Peter chapter 1, where it says, His divine power has given to us everything we need for life and godliness. Through the knowledge of Him who have called us by His own glory and goodness. Notice here again, the focus is on Jesus. He's pointing us to the source of strength. And it says this divine power gives us what it takes to live. But that power is according to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And again, we notice in John chapter 1, verse 11, it says, Jesus came unto his own, but they rejected him. And in verse 12, he says, but those who receive him, he gives the power to become his sons. Today, I want to remind us that Psalm 121 verse 1 says, I will lift up my head to the hills from whence cometh my help. For my help comes from the Lord. That is exciting to know that our help comes from God. My help comes from the Lord, who is the maker of heaven and earth. Where are your highs today? To who are you looking? Where are you trying to find a strength to live through these troublesome times? There is a song that I like very much by Andre Koch, the gospel singer. And he says, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there is no other. Jesus is the way. And I like that because that brings hope and it tells us that there is a way that works. There is a way that works. Notice that the power and the might that we need to to stand in these times is in Jesus Christ. Today you need a relationship with him in order to experience that strength. You need a relationship with him. There's an old hymn that says in times like these, We need a savior. In times like these, you need an anchor. Be very sure. Be very sure your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. This rock is Jesus. Yes, he is the one. I like that. It says the rock is Jesus. Yes, he is the one. This rock is Jesus, the only one. Be very sure your anchor holds and grips The solid rock. Do you personally know him as your savior and as your strength? In other words, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Because indeed, he is the answer. He is the only savior. Nothing else can save us. We might look to the institutions of the day, leadership of the day, and even individuals in our lives. But the reality is they really can't help us, even though they may try. But indeed, Jesus is our anchor and our help. If not today, you need to start that journey with him. And you need to do it now, as a matter of fact. uh, Because that's very important. You need to have this strength that works because nothing else works. Let us now observe three provisions that God has made for us through Christ in order to stand firm and make it through this time. According to the passage or role in this warfare, it's not to be passive. It's not to sit around and say, oh, I hope things will change uh, soon. But to to really get suited up, to put on the word of God says, the whole armor of God. To be ready, we must always be be prepared and be active. It is not enough to ask others to pray for you. Yes, you can pray for yourself, and you should. As a matter of fact, you should be praying for others too. Neil Armstrong, in his book, The Bandage Breaker, says, you can't expect God to protect you from the demonic influences if you don't take an active part in your own defense. So you do have a part to play. Jesus has done a lot for us, and he's still doing a lot. But there are some things he wants us to do. He has made provisions, but we need to appropriate those provisions. We need to stand firm because there's a real enemy that is bigger than COVID, bigger than your financial struggles, bigger than your health issue. But I'll tell you something, that enemy is not bigger than Jesus. And all the other disorders that are happening Jesus is also bigger than them. According to Ephesians 6, back to our text, verse 12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers of darkness, against the authorities, against the powers of darkness in this world, the spiritual forces, that's what it says, in heavenly realm. We cannot stand firm during all of this without God's armor. So what do I do? Remember, The command in verse 11, it says, put on the full armor of God. Notice here, that brings us to understand that the armor of God is really by start by putting on Jesus Christ. As we said earlier, this is important because it is that which enables us to stand in this time. Can you imagine a soldier who only looks at the armory? And he sees the different armor and different pieces of, of what should equip him for him to be effective in battle. But he looks at and he admires them. And he, so he says, oh, this looks good. This is a, a, a nice weapon or this is a nice uh, defense suit or whatever it is. But he does nothing about it. He looks, he admires and he commends. I want you to know that that soldier will not win in the battle. He needs to suit himself up and be ready and go forth in confidence and with the skill that it takes to overcome. Verse 13 in our text, Ephesians 6 says, Therefore, put on all the armor of God, the full armor, so that when the evil days come, you will be able to stand. And after you have done everything, stand. In other words, you get yourself ready. You put on what it takes. Whatever it takes to stand, I want you to know today that you cannot really stand firm without God's armor. In order to do this and to stand firm in this war, we need to stand firm by rising up in God's provision of truth. In verse 14, we notice here Paul says, stand firm then with the belt of truth bottled on your waist. Stand Firm then with the belt of truth bottled on your waist. The belt of truth holds the whole armor together. Jesus says, I am the truth. He says, I am the way. Therefore, by putting on Jesus, that's where it starts. You put on truth. We need to guard our minds by stop listening to the lies and instead learn to listen to the truth. Maybe today you need to take a break from the television or from the news are from something that is affecting your mind to, uh, for, uh, and causing you not to remain positive. Real truth is found in Jesus. As he declares, I am the truth. The truth that you and I need today is in Jesus Christ. And yes, it works. We notice it can, it, we, we can trust his word. Even when we cannot trust others, we can trust his words. People will fail, but Jesus will never fail. The truth is, regardless of what anyone says, Jesus is the only Savior for each person. a nation, or world, you need Jesus. So I want to encourage you today to take on the truth of God. Turn to God's Word, turn to Jesus, and allow Him to help you through this difficult time. We also need to stand firm by walking in God's provision of righteousness. Notice here, the word of God talks about righteousness and God wants us to do what is right, especially in these difficult times. We are declared by Jesus Christ to be righteous. However, the practical aspect of righteousness is declared in the way we treat others. The Bible is loaded with what I call the one another's of the Bible. In other words, it connects us with people. It tells us how to treat others, and some of them—I just to list a few—is it says pray for one another. It says forgive one another. It says prefer one another. Be at peace with one another. Greet one another. Encourage one another, and love one another. Just to mention a few, I want to encourage you today. To speak positively and healthily over your children. Over the people who are in your life. I know you might be a, uh, be thrown into a position to teach or to homeschool your children. And you are not a trained teacher. And that has to be difficult. Maybe you are trying your best. And uh, you get frustrated. And at times maybe you are cursing out those children. Right? But I want to tell you. Cussing them out is not a part of the curriculum, right? (laughs) So try to be strong and understand that even when you are pressured, you must show that love for others. Remember, the simplest definition of righteousness is to treat others right. And I want to encourage you today because I know you can do it. It is not in your strength, but the strength that comes from God. Stand firm in righteousness by standing against the social injustices around you. And there are all types. People are being disenfranchised. People are taken advantage of. And your job is to encourage them and to bless them. God will truly honor you for standing up for others in this time. Share your life, your resources, whatever you can with others. A word of encouragement for many that goes a long way. Many people are so discouraged and cast down and just for someone to be there for them, even in simple ways, it means a lot. Jesus always stands up for the outcast and the downtrodden and he's always there caring for others and you must do the same. Finally, I want to encourage you to stand firm and be strong in God's provision of peace. So we have looked so far That we need to to rise and stand in God's provision of truth. Number two, we said we need to walk in God's provision of righteousness that comes through Christ. And as I said, finally, I want us to rise and stand in God's provision of peace. How important is this today? Here is what our text says, verse 15. With your feet fitted With the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Think about that. And I want us to read another verse or two that goes with this. And the first one is Romans chapter five. And here, here, here what it says. He says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice once again, it shifts our attention back to Jesus telling us where the source of our peace is. That in order for us to really have peace in this time, it is through the connection that we have with Jesus. Being justified, being declared God's children. It says here that this is done by creating an atmosphere and a life of peace that comes through Christ. And in Colossians... I want to read another verse there for you, chapter 3 and verse 15. And here's what it says Let the peace of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another, with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to the Lord. So he says here, Let God's peace fill your hearts. So how does this happen? According to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 4, we need to make a deliberate and a definite effort to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. In other words, God is expecting you during this time to be a peacemaker, to be a carrier, a bearer, if you will, of peace. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, For they shall be called the children of God. Today in a world with turmoils and upheavals and uncertainties, God is looking for you to be one of those persons who ensure that you carry his peace to others. Remember that God gives us peace through his word. The Bible says he is our peace. But understand this. So he says, read from God's word. Because with the word of God, I don't know, many times I'm going through struggles, and I'm feeling a little down, and, and it's as if I'm not finding those answers. But whenever I turn to God's word, somehow I find comfort. And one of the books of the Bible that I love to read, especially in those very down and emotional times, is the book of Psalms. Because there are so many Psalms that, that brings encouragement, that tells you that the Lord is your shepherd. That he's going to be with you, that he's going to guide you, he's going to guard you, and he's going to protect you. God's promises are true. God's promises are true. and And they build your faith, they help you to believe God. And by the way, when you have faith, you can be at peace because faith tells you that God is in control. And believe me, when you know that God is in control, that alone brings peace. There is no need to worry. Reading the Bible will put everything in their proper perspective. Remember, I shared earlier from St. Matthew 24, where Jesus said, don't allow yourself to be worried. Don't be flustered. He said, be aware that these things are going to happen. But he says, this is not the end. And I want you to remember again, that if you read the book, it tells you that the end is a good one for those who love God. So there is no need to be worried. I also want to encourage you today that in order for you to have peace, not only should you spend the time in the word of God, but spend time in prayer. Talk with God. It's a very positive thing to do. It is a very uplifting thing to pray. Prayer removes your focus from others and the circumstances, and it places it on God. God. When you pray, you think of God. You think of God's greatness. When you pray, you begin to understand that the the, the issues are not bigger than God. So I want to encourage you to pray for your nation. Pray for others. You can sense the peace of God as you do this. Praying really puts God in charge of everything. So pray. Paul concludes his letter to the Ephesians by, by saying to them, I want to bring this peace motif to become more understanding. I want to make a a clearer declaration of this. And this is what he says, verses 23 and 24. Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith. For from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he says, grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. So today, my encouragement to you is to turn to Jesus Christ that indeed is a peace giver. Notice here that Paul focuses on the importance of trusting in him. He culminates his exhortation by saying to his audience, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and peace of God be with you. So, for Paul, that was very important. He understands the importance of having that peace. I want you to know that peace is available. God's grace brings God's peace. We need to understand today that it is, it is not how much we have going right. It is not even how much not going right. It is really about how much we know God's peace. It is my firm conviction that you can stand firm and be strong even in these troubled times. Whether it is COVID, the hurricanes, or whatever else is happening around you. Maybe your financial condition. Maybe it is even your health. There are challenges that we are all facing. But I am convinced that with God's peace, you can be strong in these times. Jesus Christ does make the difference. I want us to apply the generous provisions that God has made for us. The truth of his word, the, 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 the faith in him, the, 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 the prayer that we can pray and seek him as we go through each day. By living in righteousness. In other words, share your life in a good and positive way with others. Love others, serve others, find even small ways that you can make a difference in your world even a word of encouragement. Christ demonstrates this for us. He helps us to see that we can do it too. And by provision of peace, he will fill our hearts with peace in this time and not only now, but for eternity. Colossians 3 verse 15, Paul says, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule your hearts. That is so important right now. Letting that peace of God. In other words, give place to, give prominence to, give credence to the peace of God and allow it to rule your hearts. For as members of the body of Christ, we are called to live in peace. Today, that is God's clarion call to you, to live in peace even in troubled times. But I want you to realize today that it is all wound up in your relationship with Jesus. He is indeed the Prince of Peace. And he comes today to fill your heart. And here's a great opportunity for you to open your life to him, to invite him in to be your Lord and Savior. He says, my peace I give to you. Today, even right where you are, will you at this time ask Jesus Christ to become your Savior, your Lord, and to fill your life with peace. Right there, you can make a decision to follow Jesus. So I want to pray with you today. Will you accept that invitation? And with your head bow, and your heart open to the Lord, will you say, Jesus Christ, I come to you now. I realize that I need your peace. And I hope in my heart, and Lord, I invite you in to fill me with your peace. And I thank you that you are my Savior I accept you now, and I believe, Lord, that as from this day, I will never be the same. I thank you, and I praise you in Jesus' name. Father God, we really want to thank you for today. We thank you for the strength that you give to us through your word, and through the peace that we have in you, that we can live righteous and godly even in this world. Your word tells us, Lord, that you give to us everything that pertains to life and godliness. So I ask you now that you will help us to walk this journey and to be faithful to you, Lord, and to be at peace even in these difficult times. I thank you that you have touched our hearts today and you have ministered to us. And I believe, Lord, we'll never be the same. And we say, Lord, to you be the glory, the honor, and the praise. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.